This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Sochet. Episode 144 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by The Social Pack. Get on the inside to stay on the top side. Head on over to sociallysupportive.com and join today for the latest tips, tricks, and technology in digital and social customer care. Also brought to you by Bluehost, the best web hosting for just $3.95 a month. Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting service by WordPress.org. Every account features one-click WordPress installation. Plus, Bluehost's trained in-house experts are there to help 24-7. Their robust help center includes guides, video tutorials, and more. You can try them and love them, or get a refund within 30 days of signing up. Your satisfaction is their top priority, and they're confident you'll be pleased with their services. So, head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the picture for Bluehost to learn more today. Hello, Social Pack. Welcome to Tech Tuesday. Did you love listening to Conversocial's 2018 State of Digital Customer Service report yesterday? There were a lot of really great statistics in there, and it's hot off the press because Joshua March, CEO of Conversocial, was nice enough to send that to me in my email box. And I love it when the tech companies and the brands send things to me as soon as they happen because then I can get it to you as soon as it happens. So see, when you've got those connections, you get things straight away, and that's really a difference maker when you're trying to run your program and be at the leading edge of what's happening in strategy and technology. So that's why I have all these connections that I share with you. Make sure that you sign up for the social pack so that when I hear about things like this, you will be able to get those things first too. Just head on over to sociallysupportive.com and scroll down just a little bit on that front page and you can see where you can sign up for the social pack. Now, as we roll into announcements, as you know, my new book, What Customers Want, is coming out soon. So if you haven't signed up for the social pack yet, go ahead, because pretty soon I'm going to be sending you hot off the press excerpts from that book, and you'll have them before anybody else does. So speaking of announcements, I'm going to be speaking at Smart Customer Service 2018, which is being held April 9th through the 11th at the Renaissance Washington, D.C. Hotel. So Head on over to sociallysupportive.com slash smart2018 to get all the information and all the details about this conference. It's supposed to be fantastic. There's a lot of good speakers that will be there. I'll be there so you can meet me in person if you haven't met me already. And you will also be able to hear Brian Solis speak. He's going to be the keynote speaker there. And Brian hasn't been doing the speaking circuit very much in the last few years because, as we heard at Social Media Marketing World 18, he has been doing a lot of research. And now I've seen that he's going to be speaking different places, and he's hopefully going to be sharing a lot of that research that he's done with us. So make sure that you head on over to sociallysupportive.com slash smart2018 to get all the details. It's going to be Washington, D.C. in the spring, so that's usually a very pleasant climate. It's not too humid, not too hot, not too cold and rainy and snowy, so great time to go. 
Now, speaking of places where I'll be, if you can't make it to Washington, D.C. to the Smart Customer Service 2018 Summit, maybe you can make it to San Diego in June, June 7th through the 8th to be exact, because I'll be covering and moderating some panels at the Insight Group's Customer Service Summit. Wait, I said San Diego, didn't I? Yes, I did. And normally it's in New York in the fall, but they have added this year a West Coast leg to the tour. So sunny San Diego is where we will all be convening for the June 7th through the 8th. So for more information on that, go to sociallysupportive.com slash CSSWest, and that will get you all the details about that conference. Okay, so we actually transitioned extra smoothly through announcements, and now we are going to be talking about today's inspiration. Today's inspiration comes to us from Audra Cokeless Plummer, who said, we've actually trained our customers to be super rigid, and now they think they have to talk bank speak. Sound familiar? And our book of the day is High Tech, High Touch Customer Service by Micah Solomon. So what are we talking about today? Well, as you may have heard yesterday, this week we are talking about what's in the news this week. And I was reading Digiday's article titled, We've Trained Our Customers to Be Super Rigid, Lessons from Capital One's Chatbot, Eno, written by Tanya McKeel on March 11th of 2018. So you know me, I like to give you things that are very timely, and this article was just written. Great article. So we're talking about making chatbots flexible, but I'm kind of doing that by giving you this case study from this article that Digiday's Tanya McKeel wrote about Capital One's chatbot Eno. So let's dive in. How did Capital One start with chatbots? Well, you may or may not know this, but in 2016, Capital One was the first bank to create an Alexa skill. And in 2017, they were the first bank to launch an SMS-based chatbot. So McKeel states in the article that other banks are working with Casisto and Personetics to do the same. So if you are looking to be developing this type of technology for your company, go ahead and go on over to sociallysupportive.com slash episode 144, and you can get links out to Casisto and Personetics to see what they're working on. Now, when we talk about Capital One Start with Chatbots, their original chatbot was the Fraud Prevention Alert System. So what we mean by this is that the chatbot would go out and find questionable activity. Maybe you've had this happen, like if you've got Capital One and they've detected that there's been a transaction on your account that's not what you usually do. They're sort of scanning to see if what you're doing fits with your normal behavior. And if it doesn't, they flag this activity in their system. And all this is really their bots, their artificial intelligence. And this technology then sends a text to the customer to confirm whether the transaction was authorized or not. Now, if you've gotten one of these, you know that it usually tells you in this text to reply in a particular way, type confirm or type yes, type no. And Capital One got this response that they expected, yes, no, confirm, about 70% of the time is what McKeel says in the article. 
But 30% of the time, the replies from the customer were random. It was anything that the customer could think of to reply with. So 30% of the time, they weren't able to understand what the customer was saying. And they realized at Capital One, they needed to build something smarter. So that's how Eno was born. So let's talk about some highlights about Eno, this chatbot that Capital One has. They've designed it to be gender neutral. They've had it for a year. And Audra Coxless Plumber, who's our today's inspiration, heads artificial intelligence design there. Here are some things that are interesting about Audra. She was formerly a digital filmmaker with some pretty high-profile studio names on her resume. She designed Eno for humanity. And I've got air quotes around for humanity because that's a quote. They are very transparent with their audience about the fact that Eno is a bot, but they've programmed Eno to have likes and dislikes. Eno will tell rhymes and dad jokes. So they've built in some personality to him or her because Eno is gender neutral. And Eno has character flaws that were built in to provide empathy and understanding to customers. Now, one of the things that's interesting when we talk about the ways that people will use Eno is Plummer says that they kept getting these responses, NAP. People were texting Eno, NAP, N-A-P, and they couldn't understand why it was trending. All of a sudden, it started trending that N-A-P was a response that they were getting. So research was done, and they tried to figure out, why are we getting this? And you know what they realized? They realized that the letters N-A-P are next to the letters B-A-L when you're texting on your phone. So what they realized is that customers were really trying to text the letters B-A-L to get their balance from Eno, but they were typing N-A-P because the letters were close together. So what did they do? Because they had this insight and they were analyzing their data proactively, they were able to make it so that when customers now type NAP, they receive their balance because they're assuming, based on the study that they've done, that customers are typoing BAL. So these are the kinds of insights that you can get when you're researching this trending data that you're getting, analyzing it, and then making human understanding out of what it is that the technology is giving to you. That's why the humans plus the technology is really the way forward. So what else is there about Eno? Well, like we said, he was designed for humanity, according to Plummer, and he will have those likes and dislikes and will tell the rhymes and the dad jokes and is built for providing empathy and understanding customers. Well, what else? So this is interesting. Eno does not tolerate harassment. There's a part in this article, and of course, I don't cover the entire article for you. I dig deep into parts that I think are specifically interesting to us in digital and social customer care, but there's plenty more for you to get out of this article. So if you want to read it for yourself, It's titled, We've Trained Our Customers to Be Super Rigid, Lessons from Capital One's Chatbot Eno. It's on Digiday, and you can get the link to it by just going to sociallysupportive.com slash episode 144. So Eno does not tolerate harassment. 
And the story that Plummer told when she was talking about not tolerating harassment is that she noticed that when her three children were interacting with Alexa, they were giving Alexa commands, but then they started to become really demanding with Alexa. And I got the impression from reading the article that her children might have been sort of bossing Alexa around a little bit because Alexa's not human, so it's okay to boss Alexa around. But Plummer says that then what was happening as an offshoot is that because the children were used to interacting with Alexa that way, they started to interact with their mom, Plummer, that way. And that wasn't going to fly. That wouldn't fly in my house either. So what happened is she realized that there was some humanity that was missing there. And when her children were barking commands at Alexa and then barking commands at her, she put in a feature where Eno does not tolerate harassment. And so a sample reply that she gave in the article is, hey, it's not cool to talk to me that way. Let's stick to talking about your money. Because of course, Eno is for Capital One. So you're usually talking about financial transactions. What an interesting feature to have in there. So if the customers are trying to treat Eno in a way that's disrespectful or inhumane, then even Eno, the chat bot, turns around and says that is not going to tolerate that kind of treatment. Isn't that neat? And then let's look at some of the things that people text to Eno. I think this was interesting for what we do here in digital and social customer care. One of the top responses that Eno gets is thank you. So on the flip side of people maybe not being as hospitable to Eno as they would a real human, on the flip side of that is that we must have a pretty human automatic tendency to use our polite thank yous. So if you're worried about where humanity is going, you don't have to worry about that anymore because we're making so many responses that say thank you. Also on the funny side is there are a lot of I love you responses to Eno and marriage proposals. So this harkens back to a previous episode where I talked to you about how those chatbots are getting marriage proposals, they're getting asked out on dates. So it seems that people are still having fun and testing and pushing the boundaries of what can and can't be done with a chatbot and what can and can't be done in those interactions. So that's an interesting thing to know about how people are playing with and testing chatbots out there. Last thing that I'll share with you in this article, and again, like I said, there's much more in there, but when we were talking about why we should be using chatbots, in the article, it says here that tech still isn't robust enough yet to do a lot of the transactions that customers are wanting to do. And if you listen to yesterday's 2018 State of Digital Customer Service episode, I mentioned a statistic that was shared in there where Accenture said 80% of transactions could be done automatically if the technology integration was done properly. So remember that piece there that that's why the tech isn't robust enough yet in some cases is that technology integration doesn't yet exist. But soon, soon it could help remove a couple of things. Quote, the messiness of high cost call centers and backend functions of chronic customer service. So 
Those are things to be thinking about. There are plenty of good reasons to be using bots. And that's why we have this whole discussion about how Capital One is using Eno and what their early findings are after one year of Eno being in use. So what should you do with this information now that you've got it? What I would recommend is if you already have a chatbot, make sure that you're studying that data coming in from your chatbot. What they found with that NAP really being customers trying to find their balance is awesome data where you can avoid contacts into your social or digital customer care team or your call center, which is probably much more expensive. If you have forensic science, basically, that's looking into your chatbot analytical data that says, we've got a spike in NAP texts coming into Eno. Why is that happening? Oh, if we look at our phone, which is a leap, right? You can't make that direct connection. Someone's got to be really, you know, probably someone's picking up their phone and looking at the keyboard, trying to understand what does this mean? Why could people be doing this? So that is some very deep thinking that's happening there because there's a leap between just looking at data on a piece of paper and having to actually pick up your phone or understand the keyboard, understand what's happening. So that's the first thing is make sure that you're studying that data coming in from your chatbot. And then once you understand what the data means, step two of five that I'll give you is to look for the pain points. Find out what that pain point is. In this case, the pain point was that customers are trying to type BAL, having a hard time and typing NAP. So then once you follow in step three, your customer's journey to locate those improvement opportunities, make the correction, make it so that NAP will also give you your balance. You know, you have to look at the downside. Is there some other function that NAP would correlate to that you're going to be causing a problem in that interaction? But these are deep things that you can do that can save you a lot of trouble. And you want to do it when it reaches a critical mass, right? In their case, they noticed that there was the spike and there was enough of a movement and a need that they could really save transactions by doing this. Then get it corrected in step four and step five, make sure that you're repeating and continuing to study that data that's coming in from your chatbot. Today's episode was brought to you by craftbeerclub.com. Good people drink good beer. Get the finest craft beers from America's best microbreweries delivered right to your door. They search out exceptional craft beers from around the country and then deliver the monthly beer club selections direct to you or your gift recipient's door. You can choose an ongoing beer club membership or craft beer club gifts to ship monthly, every other month, or even quarterly. This is a fantastic gift for the craft beer enthusiast in your life. Give 1 to 12 shipments and receive up to 3 bonus gifts and an additional $25 bonus with your order. So head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the picture for craftbeerclub.com to learn more today. All right, guys, this has been Tech Tuesday, where we are talking about things you should think about to make your chatbots more flexible by studying that case study from Capital One's chatbot Eno. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow for Wisdom Wednesday, because we are going to be talking about incident response and what you should do to make sure that you're doing the best job at that. Until then, and even after then, I am Frankie Soche. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you tomorrow. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.